Welcome back to Bible Love. Today is the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul, and so here is the calling. Let us pray. O God, by the preaching of your Apostle Paul, you have caused the light of the gospel to shine throughout the world. Grant, we pray, that we, having his wonderful conversion and remembrance, may show ourselves thankful to you by following his holy teaching. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, Alan, we're talking about Daniel still. So last week we had Gavin Tomlin who talked about um, sort of the apocalyptic part. I have such a hard time with that word of Daniel. And then we thought we would talk about the stories that everybody knows in Daniel, like the ones that you were taught in your. In fact, I thought I would get out my excuse me for moving listeners should have done this before but my handy dandy jesus storybook bible because i wonder if a little bit of that is in there too so talk about those stories we know while i grab that yeah so you know we talked about the apocalyptic stuff last week with gavin um two weeks ago with tony talked more broadly about that the stuff that we don't get into we're here to talk about uh, flannel board Sunday school stories, because in Daniel, we have Daniel in the lion's den, right? Every kid knows this story. Then we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And who's that fourth person in there? These are the veggie tale stories. These are the Sunday school stories. These are what we all know. And there's a reason we know them, right? Um, there's a reason why eight-year-olds know about Daniel being fed to lions, which uh, talking about Talking about that to eight-year-olds is pretty wild, if you really think about it. Um, but why do we talk about that with little kids, but we don't talk about the crazy stuff that Daniel gets to in the second half of the book? I don't know. Um, there's probably some age appropriateness there. But but we wanted to take a step back. We're doing a little bit of out of order. But like Daniel 1 through 6 is the stories, right? It's the narrative. It's the kind of a setup that then leads us to seven to 12, which Gavin talked about last week. Yeah. Well, I think let's talk about why we we're trying to engage kids in story in the Bible. We're trying to get them to like, um, know these stories, whether that's through godly play or catechesis of the good shepherd or the Jesus storybook Bible, whatever it is, you know, um, I think I've told the story but I, you know, as a cradle Episcopalian, I, I, and this is no slight to my precious little church I grew up in in Inverness, Mississippi, but like, I just didn't feel like I knew the stories as well as, as we, we do a much better job of that. I feel like in the Episcopal church now than we did when I was growing up in the eighties. Um, but when I, was going in front of the commission for ministry. I remember going and buying like the story, the, the Bible like storybook so that I could see pictures in case somebody was like, Hey, um, 
can you talk about Daniel getting eaten by a lion? And I could be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because those were not like ingrained in my brain the way that they probably should have been. And I know now working with our youth, like they know these stories. And I think that, and that's because we've changed our system and, and we, and last year, you know, we had, um, or last summer we had some really great guests on one that's kind of popping out to me right now is story makers. Right. And in the importance of teaching our children at a young age, these stories, now they may not be the whole truth. They may not be the kind of more scary stuff of the Bible, but at least we're engaging them with them. So I don't know. Do you have a different opinion or thought about that? No, I, number one, like, Someone being in a, like, there's the the fear aspect of Daniel in this lion's den. Like, it's captivating. Like, I can imagine um, little boys in particular, um, you know, thinking it's exciting. Or, like, these people in the fiery front. There's that aspect that um, it's easier to, sometimes it's easier to learn things through narrative um, than it is apocalypse or or whatever it happens to be um but there's also like these are the greatest hits right you think about the the hebrew scriptures everyone knows adam and eve everyone knows noah every maybe a tower of babel um but jonah right this guy gets swallowed by a fish and then you got daniel in the lion's den you got rack shack and benny as veggie tales calls it the the three use and those were like the typical vacation Bible school curriculums when you were growing up, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it still is. I'm sure there's godly play stories based on these, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and um, well, you know, Jonah was in the lectionary last week, and I preached on Jonah, and it wasn't the whale. It was a different story, you know? Um, and so, but I, I, I still appreciate these stories and, and what they do with children we're just trying to engage in some yeah. way, shape, or form for them to know that God loves them, you know, it's, and it yeah. makes them visualizing a whale eating one of God's people to get them to engage in it. Cool. Yeah. You know, um, I talk about this a couple in a couple of weeks um, when we have Mitchell on, but I was telling the youth group about Jelly Roll, as, who is an artist, comparing him to Paul, the apostle. You know, because they need an imagery that they can get and that they can understand, you know, at whatever age they are, you know. So I, I'm I'm thankful for these things. Yeah. Um, and Is I think they're interesting. Yeah. So um, you have the Jesus Storybook Bible. Did you find it? I couldn't find it. I don't know. Okay, where it I got mine. Okay, great. I preach from this quite often. Um, yeah. but let's see if we can find one and we'll read it. Daniel and the Scary Sleepover. Let's find that. Here it is. So if you're watching the video, you're going to get to see the pictures. Daniel and the Scary Sleepover. Things were not looking good for God's people. They had been captured and taken far from home. And now they were slaves of the king of Babylon. But God had not left his people. He was with them and he was looking after them. Daniel loved God and obeyed him. Now, God made Daniel able to understand lots of difficult things, so it wasn't long before the king of Babylon noticed him. King Darius liked how clever Daniel was, so he made Daniel his most important helper of all and put him in charge of lots of other helpers. But the other helpers didn't like this. They wanted the king to like them best. 
They wanted to get rid of Daniel. So they spied on Daniel. They tried to find things wrong with Daniel, things they could tell the king, things they could, but there weren't any, none. They couldn't find anything at all, except there was just one thing. Every day, three times a day, without fail, no matter what, Daniel went to his room, closed the door, and prayed. They smiled to themselves. Let's get the king to make a law. No one is allowed to pray to anyone except to the king. Daniel won't obey this law, and he will be punished. They were pleased with themselves for being so clever and hurried off to tell the king. The king liked their idea. He didn't know they were trying to trick him, so he made it into a law. Everyone must pray, only to me. If you don't, lions will have you for dinner. Daniel heard this. He knew it was wrong to pray to anyone except God. He had to do what God said, whatever it cost him, even if it meant he would die. So Daniel went to his room, closed the door, and prayed. That's just what the bad men knew Daniel would do. They skipped straight off to tell the king, Oh, your most glittering highness, your law says, does it not, that everyone must pray to you alone, sire? Yes, said the king. Oh, magisterial brightness, then correct us if we're wrong, but it would seem that Daniel is praying to God, not to you. The king was sad. He had been tricked. He didn't want to hurt Daniel, but he couldn't change his law. And so he let the soldiers throw Daniel to the lions. May your God, who you love so much, rescue you, the king said. The king went back to his palace, but he didn't sleep that night, not a wink. He tossed and turned until finally, at the first glimmer of dawn, he leaped out of bed and ran straight to the den. Daniel, he cried, has your God rescued you? Yes, Daniel shouted. God sent an angel to close the lion's mouth. And there, resting his head on Daniel's lap, was the biggest lion, purring like a little kitten. The king brought Daniel out of the den. Look, he said, Daniel doesn't even have a scratch. The king made a new law. Daniel's God is the true God, the God who rescues. Pray to him instead. God would keep on rescuing his people. And the time was coming when God would send another brave hero like Daniel, who would love God and do what God said, whatever it cost him even if it meant he would die. And together they would pull off the greatest rescue the world has ever known. I love it. So yeah. there's so much that is taught in that story. The importance of great prayer, the importance of how much God loves us. I mean, all, all of that. Not like, paddling on your friends, right? Friends. Because, yes. and that's to be like, a lot of times we turn Bible stories into moral lessons and they're, there is some there. And so like I can imagine some Sunday school teacher out there saying, like, don't be like those bad guys and tattle on your friends. There's some truth to that. It maybe misses a bigger point, but yeah, there's so much in that story and it's exciting. Yes, exactly. And then the pictures, you know, him laying on. I wish I hope it, you all should get one of these Bibles because it's a great way to to engage. Um, the picture of him like laying on the lion, you know, and, and that's a friend now, you know, it's just, I, I think there, I think this is an important discussion that we sometimes like, and this is my jam, you know, this is my jam. I get nervous about all the prophet, prophetic voices, the poetry, the, you know, whatever. I want to read the story and find myself in it, you know, and if these stories we can do that for our children and for our adults and everybody in between. What a beautiful thing, you know? So I think it's great. I love it. I love it. I love and it. I agree, you know, like 
I'm going to link to these VeggieTales yeah. Um, yeah. stories for Daniel in the Lion's Den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Everyone takes creative license. The, the Bible probably took creative license. Like, let's think about this logically. The right. story of Daniel, the king made a law. He gets tricked. Oh, the king can't make another law. Daniel does this thing. After Daniel does this thing, the king does make another law. The king maybe could have made the law before Daniel got thrown. So, like, there might be some poetic license in here. That's okay. We can suspend disbelief for a good story and a tale. Um, but, like, the way we share these stories, when I, I read, um, I think I've done it every Christmas here. I read the Christmas story from the Jesus Storybook Bible at um, our Christmas Eve services. Because people, right, we know what the NRSV sounds like. We know the King James, like, but when we hear when we hear poetry, when we hear it told for kids, it maybe is actually better told for us as well in that way because it makes us think about these stories in a new way. Yeah, I agree, and you're right. Like we have heard those stories all the time, and how do we make them fresh, and how do we make them new, and but also how do we help capture what the importance of that Christmas message is, what the importance of the Daniel message is. Um, all of these books, you know, some of these books, these are minor prophets. That's what they're uh, referred to. Um, and it kind of makes me sad in a little ways because they really had prophetic voices and were like the people that God trusted to carry out God's voice in a lot of ways, you know. And so I hate that word minor. I guess it's because they're smaller books of the Bible and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm excited about how we're going to finish out this year, Alan, talking about and going through all these minor prophets who have some really funny names. Daniel's not one of them. Um, but uh, some of the others are. And, you know, me and pronunciation, this is going to be difficult. But I think there is just something to learn from all of them. And I'm, I'm really excited because these were voices that were really needed to be heard. Um, and maybe Daniel had a lot more to give than, than, than I'm giving him credit for in this moment, but maybe one of Daniel's gifts was for teacher, for kids to learn um, the importance of how much God loves us, you know, through Daniel's story. Yeah. And I think you hit on something like we're, we're moving into all these prophets and it's this back part of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, hardly ever read them on Sunday mornings. Um, probably not a lot of Bible studies about these. We're going to start getting out of order. And so this is one thing, the Hebrew Bible and, and the New Testament. It's not chronological, right? Like we don't read left to right and just it's a continuous story. And we're going to focus in on that because like we're going to get into Amos pretty soon. And there's some prophets before Amos we won't talk about yet. And there's some prophets after Amos that we'll get to pretty soon because we're breaking it down um, by pre-exilic and post-exilic. So we're trying to capture with Tony's, Dr. Tony's help, a little of the, the cultural situation, right? Like where are we locating these? Um, the Bible organizes them in a little bit different way. Um, yes, yeah, so don't look at us and be like Alan and Ralph are can't read because yeah, they're, and so, they're not going in the correct order. We will. Yeah, so you'll see in the show notes when I say, you know, when we say in the show notes for next week, read this, you're going to be like, what? Well, that's like four books away. Like, stick with us. We're going to explain this. And also we don't just read the Bible left to right. It's not right. The Bible is a collection of books. Um, and sometimes when you go to the library, you got to find 
things in different spots for it all to piece together. And so um, we're doing that with Daniel, right? Like seven through 12, we're talking about, we talked about last week, one through six this week, because like the way we look at these things can, can sometimes change. And, and if we jump around, that's okay. We're not crazy. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Does the children's Bible have um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? No, it doesn't. Oh, sad. Yeah. It jumps from that to Jonah. Um, okay. So, but what is the Veggie Tales? They called it, you said it a minute. They call it Rack, Shack, and Benny. I love it. I love it. That's and I it. love this, being able to like, you know, get those because those are really hard names for kids to say. So to trying yeah. to figure out a better. Yeah. So if you're watching on video, I'm back here. This is one of my shelves. This whole bottom shelf down here. This is all different children's Bibles and youth Bibles because I have a, a hobby on this. This is the Action Bible. It's a yeah. comic book. Let me see if I can find Shaq, Rack and Benny here. Um, maybe not, but. We'll see. The prophets. Others. Yeah. Daniel's got a bunch. The four beasts from below facing the heat. Daniel, man, this is perfect for uh, graphic novels. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch. There's one in here. Eat your vegetables. Oh, great. Um, let's turn to some of these just to see what the pictures look like. Because this is right. Like. How do we engage anyone with scripture? Because like if you tell someone um, to start reading the Bible and they're like, I mean, where do I start? Uh, Genesis is a logical place to start. Genesis is great. There's some stories, Exodus, Leviticus. Mm. Like how do you engage folks? And so if, if it takes reading a comic book Bible to do it, if it takes reading whatever translation we've talked about, um, so eat your vegetables from Daniel one, the story of what happens to a royal captive from Judah, and then a deadly dream, right? Daniel started to have these visions. So if you can see like, you know, just another way to like engage our, you our, know. all people, I don't even want to say children and youth because I'm so visual. I, I like that too. You know, yeah, there's the fiery furnace, you know, and that guy, that dude's eyes are bugging out. Yeah. 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 And that like what youth would not be into looking at that, especially yeah. like boys who like comics, um, you know. So I do like really appreciate that the world is trying all these different kinds of ways to engage people into the most important book that was ever published, you know. And not only that the book that we use to guide our faith, you know, and, and who we are and not just the book that you and I use as Christians, but also the entire Jewish community, you know, as the old Testament and the Torah, you know? And so, um, but everybody thinks differently, right? Like some people are visual, some people need a story. Some people just want to sit down and read the Bible cover to cover and I love that there's all these different ways to engage. Um, and I think that's helpful for all of us that think and, and, and intake things in different ways. You know, um, you and I are very good examples of completely different thinkers, you know, um, but I'm, I'm grateful for all that's out there. And I, I'm, I think Daniel's cool. So go read Daniel, pick it up and read it. There's some awesome stories in there. Um, 
not just like the crazy stories that you're like, ooh, uh, how did that happen? But also like the ones that that you know, and maybe you just need to be like refreshed a little bit on them. What do you think? Yeah, I think absolutely. That's another thing, right? Like, you know, the Bible that I use in here, it's this, you know, fancy leather study Bible written by scholars and, you know, all of this. Like, it's a book and like, read it. We make them so pretty. Like the, we read the gospel from this gold plated thing and it like seems so distant, right? Like grab a Bible and open it up. And if the pages rip, that's great. Like all these children's Bible, I loan them out to people. My boys have like chewed on pages, like, you know, read, mark and inwardly digest, maybe literally yeah. um, the scriptures. Don't yeah. just like set it on a shelf and let it collect dust. Like find one that you want to read. I'm glad you said that because we need a good reminder. I mean, you know, we've been doing this three years and we are almost through the Old Testament. But it's like and and I mean, it's still one of my greatest joys that I get to do this every week with you. But um, it's let's go back to that beginning of why we started this so that make people fall in love with these words, make people wrestle with these words, make people interpret these words all to better our relationship with God. Right. And to deepen our faith and to find ourselves in these in these stories. So that's Daniel. And next week, you're going to be talking to Dr. Tony a little bit more about I'm going to be out of town, but a little bit more about the this post and pre exilic and, and, and what that means. And so I, I'm sure y'all will talk about that a little bit more, which is great because it's not my jam. I just trust that it is. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to hear it, though. And listeners, remember, as always, we love you, but most importantly, God does.